It's here, the final episode of our Lies at Work series, and today we're talking about our actual battle plan, piece by piece. Stay tuned. You're listening to Working Upward, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from Working Upward. Well, hi, I hope you are doing well. It is good to be back here in front of the microphone podcasting. Uh, Today we are talking about our battle plan. So we have been in our Lies at Work series, and this is our final part, part four in this particular series, and we are talking about our spiritual warfare, what we are up against, and um, specifically our armor. But before we get into that, I just wanted to share with you in what I like to call the desk-to-desk segment, what I've been up to, what I am planning ahead for working upward, And then something that I have incorporated into my morning routine that has helped me, and I think it will help you too, um, should you go that route. We all have different uh, morning routines and different priorities and different ways of doing things, but I do want to share with you what I'm doing in case that is something that appeals to you as well. So first of all, I have been away for a little bit. It has been a busy summer um, that included my stepdaughter's wedding. So that was exciting. That was up in Minnesota in uh, late July. And then I had a vacation in South Carolina, back to my old stomping grounds. Uh, my husband and I vacationed at um, our, his brother's, my brother-in-law's condo at the beach. And it was such a blessing. It was so enjoyable and relaxing. It was very rainy and stormy weather. So not a lot of time in the sun, but uh, that's not one of the, that's not my main reason for going. I think for a lot of people it is, but I just love looking at the ocean and listening to it and um, just um, having that whole atmosphere there. There's so much about it. I love. And then I spent a week with my sister, uh, not too far from there in Greenville, South Carolina. And that was a huge blessing. We are close. She is my twin sister. And um, and I've been missing her. So I used to live not just an hour and a half away. And, and now I'm, I don't know, 16 hours away, a little ways away. So that was a blessing. And then somewhere in all that, I had COVID. <laughs> At least I believe I had COVID. I did lose my taste and my smell. Um, thankfully, the timing, God was so good. It was such where I was able to follow CDC guidelines and quarantine and um, still be able to make it to the wedding and go on vacation. And um, so I am grateful for the timing and all of that. And I had a cough for a very long time. Um, That definitely kept me away from podcasting. So that is a little bit uh, what I've been up to. Now I'm back. And even though it is close to 90 degrees out now here in Iowa, uh, we are looking at cooler days ahead very soon. 
So definitely looking forward to that. Now, in the rest of this desk to desk segment, I want to share with you something that you may want to add to your morning routine. Earlier this summer, I picked up a prayer journal from my local Christian bookstore. Um, It's not in my town. I drive maybe 20 minutes, uh, but I go there often. And um, it's called The Prayer Map for Women, a creative journal is the subtitle. And what I'm about to share with you is something you can use this actual journal. I will put a link in my show notes, which is at workingupward.com, or you can just make your own journal page up and print it or um, do it online, whatever works best for you. And you can use prompts similar to these. I'm not saying to plagiarize, but uh, I'm just saying you can um, just, the idea is gold, (laughs) I think, because what it does for me is two things. Number one, it helps me slow down. I wake up raring to go and thinking of my to-do list and kind of, you know, going crazy. And it's hard for me to just sit down and focus on my devotions and then on my prayer, my prayer life and um, lifting my eyes up to heaven where they belong, especially first thing in the morning before I get busy with everything that's going on. So in this journal, you open it up every day, you have two pages. And um, these are the prompts that you see. And I'm not a fan. I mean, they're, they're, they're good prompts, but there's a couple that maybe I would change the wording a little bit, or maybe I would replace or add more prompts to, and maybe I will do that later on. Um, but make this yours. Just This is just what I'm sharing with you is something to get you thinking. And ask yourself if this is something that would help you too. Because for me, it really is helping me slow down and think through my prayer in the morning and then dedicate my day to the Lord, give it over to Him and make sure that I am not working in my own strength. So the first prompt is Dear Heavenly Father. And I use this section just to adore my God and to love Him and to think through His attributes and then say them back to Him. The next section is thank you for, and I love that it's earlier on in the journal prompting um, because it just helps cultivate gratitude. And again, it sets the tone for the whole prayer. And then the next section is over to the right. They're kind of, um, it's not a grid or anything. It's, um, It's just a well laid out page, but it has a little block that says, I am worried about. And this is where I would change the wording if I had my brothers. Um, and I probably will do this if I customize, customize my next journal. Um, but it says, I am worried about, and I would change it to um, I am burdened about because um, worrying, at least to me, has the con, has the, um, just the connotation of fretting and not trusting the Lord. So I, I would change that. But that is usually where I put my deepest burdens. What is the first thing that comes across my mind when I am making supplication to the Lord? What is the heaviest on my heart? And then um, the next section is people I am praying for today. And I like that it kind of gives you an order that way. Um, instead of just, I mean, I think it's good to just Pray for who you're burdened for and who the Lord brings across your mind all through the day. But I think it's also important to be methodical about that and to have a list. So you can do whatever you want with this. Um, I usually, when I'm sitting down and I'm writing, I 
I write down the first person that crosses my mind because I believe that, you know, God can direct my thoughts and he's, you know, he's involved in this process and I will put that person down. But I also have a system as well. Um, I have, I go through the the people in my church. I have been, um, I really have been enjoying having a smaller church and I can pray for everyone over the course of a, of a week, honestly. Um, but I usually stretch it out a little bit more. But if you have a um, just a method to it, you make sure that nobody gets uh, forgotten and you're thinking of everyone. And then um, you can write down, you can do that any way that you want. And then the next page says, here's what's happening in my life. This one, I'm getting a little bit tired of filling out because I don't have a whole lot <laughs> happening. I just had a whirlwind that all happened at once and I had things to write about. Um, but I guess you can do whatever you want in that section. You can maybe just write down your heart or your feelings or what you're learning in your Bible reading. I guess you can do whatever you want with that. Um, but I usually write some kind of life event that I'm looking forward to or just happened just so when I go back and look through this, which I think I will. I mean, I hope I do. <laughs> um, I don't always go back to my journals to read them. I think there's value in that, but confess, full confession, I don't always do that. Um, but this that's really, that's how I use it, is I will write an event in my life. And that way, I think I can see correlations to, oh, this was happening in my life. Maybe that's why I was especially burdened over here for this person or um, this concern. The next section is I need, and so many times I write, I need grace, I need clarity, I need focus, I need you, Lord, Um, but I also, you can be very specific with that, Um, specific things that you need um, with uh, uh, physical necessities, spiritual necessities, um, whatever you need in that section, and that follows the Lord's Prayer. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Um, it follows that pattern. And then the very last section is other things on my heart that I need to share with you, God. So it's kind of a catch-all. Um, and it's a little bit long. It's a bigger uh, part of the page. And that's just a place to pour your heart out. And um, I, I really do like closing that way. And then every page says, Amen. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayers. And it's a good reminder that he's actually listening. He is hearing us. And then there's a different verse at the end of um, each day's journal prompts, which I really appreciate. And what I do is after I fill it out, I go back through and then I pray through it. I don't, I pray some while I'm writing, but maybe it's just me, but I find that I tend to get, I'm I'm so easily distracted. I can get distracted with the writing process. And so just to make sure that my heart is really in it and I'm really focused and and lifting these needs and these these thoughts up to God, um, I go back through and I pray through what I just wrote. So I wanted to share that with you. Again, it's called The Prayer Map for Women, a creative journal. I will put a link in the show notes, workingupward.com. But you can... You can be creative and customize your own. And if I ever do that, um, uh, Lord willing, I will remember to share that with you. Um, and maybe that can give you some ideas on how to customize your journal as well. All right. So now we are ready for 
the word of the week and its corresponding devotional. Strategy. We need a spiritual strategy to fight deception because when we fight deception, remember, we are in a spiritual battle. The father of lies is Satan himself. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 alludes to this spiritual battle when it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's a battle in our hearts and in our minds. It's a spiritual battle. But what about the strategy? Well, God makes it easy for us. He doesn't obscure it. It's not hard to find in the scripture. He outlines it for us nicely in Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 10 through 13 give us a big picture of the strategy. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. And then verses 14 to 18 go through each piece of our spiritual armor that we need to implement the strategy. Let's read those verses. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints." So here's the big picture strategy. Number one, remember our strength is in the Lord. The battle is his. The world is his. He reigns over all. Number two, remember our primary battle is unseen. That was very clear in what I just read in Ephesians 6. Um, These are the devil's schemes, and we fight against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then number three, stand ground. I looked up in the dictionary what it means to actually stand your ground. And um, there are two different ways to look at it. One is to maintain one's position against an attack. And then number two, the second reason is to refuse to compromise, to be unyielding. We are to be unyielding when we stand up to the spiritual forces of evil. And the only reason we can do that is remember, number one, our strength is in the Lord. And um, we do this. This is the heart of the whole strategy. This is number four in the big picture strategy. This is the bulk of it all is putting on the full armor of God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read the words armor of God, my first inclination is to think that the armor comes from God. And it does. But that misses something very important. 
This armor is also God's armor. This is what he wears himself. And that is alluded to a bit in Isaiah 59. And I've got to read this to you. It's so cool. And Paul would likely have had this in mind when he was inspired to write the book of Ephesians. Verse 4 says, Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him, that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness as a breastplate, and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries, repayment to all his enemies, to the coastlands he will render repayment. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun, for he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. And a Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. So in closing, let's take a closer look at this armor that not only comes from God, but it actually is the armor he wears himself. First, we have the belt of truth. Is it any wonder that this is the first armor piece on our list? Remember, we are fighting against the father of lies himself. Satan's most dangerous weapon is deceit, and he wields it constantly by telling you lies about God and his character. Does God really love you? Can he really save you? And he also tells you lies about yourself. Can you really do this? Who are you to even try? And he lies about the primary purpose in your life. Should you really do that? Or, oh, this purpose is what you really want to strive for. He diverts us um, from our main goals to um, rabbit trails, to put it mildly. Putting on the belt of truth is equivalent to simply knowing the truth and remembering it when you need to. And the way you know the truth is by daily immersing yourself in his word and rehearsing that truth to yourself. Jesus did this when Satan tempted him in the desert. Remember, Satan said, if you're the son of God, do you see the seed of doubt he was trying to plant there? If you're the son of God, then make these stones into bread. Jesus fought back with scripture saying that he lives by more than bread alone. Then Satan again said, if you're the son of God, jump from this temple mount and the angels will save you. And again, Jesus used the truth of scripture to fight back, rebuking him, essentially saying, you shall not tempt God, which was a a rehearsal of the truth of Jesus' own deity. And I don't know if you can hear in the background, but someone is mowing. I guess that's what happens when you record from home (laughs) in your home office. You don't have a a dedicated studio. Um, So number two is the breastplate of righteousness. This is beautiful imagery, but it's not a metaphor. We do have a breastplate of righteousness. It's just not visible to the naked eye. Just as a soldier's breastplate protects his heart and his most vital organs, so does the righteousness of God 
protect our most vital spiritual organs. This is not our righteousness, remember. It is Christ's righteousness, which he clothes us with the moment we are saved. We no longer have to strive for connection and reunion with God. We have full access to him because he no longer sees our sin, but Christ's righteousness when he looks at us. This truth is the most vital truth when we are fighting spiritual battles. Jesus paid it all on the cross. We don't have to. When Satan stands uh, before God and he accuses us, the Bible tells us that he does that. He doesn't have anything on us because we have we are clothed in Christ's righteousness and that is what God the Father himself sees when he looks at us. He sees our breastplate of righteousness. Number three, the shoes of readiness. When Paul writes about having the shoes of readiness given by the gospel of peace, he was familiar with Isaiah 52, 7, which says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. This passage plus Ephesians 6, 15 and then Nahum 1 are the only passages in the Bible where the words feet, good news, and peace all occur together. This means we should always be ready to share the good news of the gospel of Christ. When we are always ready to share, we are literally fighting the good fight, the spiritual battle. I think looking at it from this perspective really helps us be more bold, doesn't it? Um, just to remember that when we when we see someone that we can strike up a conversation with and share the good news of the gospel with, and we might feel a little afraid, realize, oh, wait, I need to wear the shoes of readiness. That That is my piece of armor right now in this situation. I need to be ready to share with that person and everyone else that God brings across my path. Number four is the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. It's important to note that this is not our faith that is the weapon here. In Genesis 15, 1, the Lord tells Abraham, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Proverbs 35 says, God is a shield to those who take refuge in him. God is our shield and refuge. This is Psalm 91. God is our shield and refuge. He is our hiding place in the day of difficulty. His faithfulness will keep us safe. When we are being shot at by the arrows that are flaming or otherwise. Um, It's our faith in God as our shield, which is referred to throughout the Old Testament. Let me uh, make that more clear. I don't know if I, I think I put the emphasis on the wrong word and sometimes that makes it um, come across differently. Um, So it is our faith in God who is our shield, um, which is which is how the Old Testament refers to it all throughout. Uh, We must simply have faith that God will be our shield against the fiery darts of Satan. God is our shield. Uh, Number five is the helmet of salvation. Because we're saved, our future is secure no matter what. We've actually already won the battle, even though God wants us to fight all we can until our ultimate victory, which he won for us on the cross. We are protected Um, We are ultimately protected with that helmet of salvation. Uh, Number six, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Some of these take some serious thinking, I I, I believe, at least for me, to work your way through the meaning and their implications. Um, I could still think through these and meditate 
you know, the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but not so much with this this sword of the Spirit, because Paul clarifies it himself with the words, which is the Word of God. It's like he knew we were saying, the sword of the Spirit, what's that? And he says, it's the Word of God. Um, I say a lot, a lot here on the podcast, but if you listen to and read biblically-centered sources, you hear it a lot there too. It just can't be emphasized enough. You need to be in the Word of God, or else how can you fight Satan the way Jesus did in the desert? He was able to fight Satan's lies and um, remain sinless with the sword of the Spirit, and um, you're able to fight his lies with the sword of the Spirit as well. And last, and I especially love this one, prayer. This almost doesn't seem to fit the list of armor pieces and weaponry because there's no physical equivalent to help us picture it. It's not like a metal helmet or a breastplate for a shield, but it's part of our armor nonetheless. Here's what Paul says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Here Paul reminds us that that not only does prayer need to be in the Spirit, it also requires alertness, perseverance, and supplication for all the saints. I find this part fascinating because prayer meetings in a lot of churches have gone to the wayside a bit in favor of individual prayer times, I guess. But what we see here is that it's not just prayer in the general sense that helps us in our fight. It's prayer for all the saints. It's pretty specific. And in my experience, I will just say that actually meeting with other Christians for the express purpose of prayer has gone a long way toward my own spiritual growth and helping me pray better for others. I'm not surprised at all that Paul was specific in the type of prayer to include this fact. We need to be praying all the time, not just in prayer meeting, and persevering in our prayers for our fellow Christians. And then I love this. Paul even sets the example by sharing a prayer request of his own. He gets the ball started rolling. Um, He says um, at the end of that, um, he says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. All right, I hope that this was all helpful to you. I read one author who said that he prays through this list of armor every day, and he envisions himself putting on each piece. Um, I haven't tried this yet personally, um, full confession, but maybe I should, right? It is a way to remember truth in a battle when lots of deceitful darts are being thrown at us constantly. Um, I am going to try that. Okay, I'm going to do that. And um, I encourage you to do that as well. I want to close with a prayer. And before that, these words to a modern hymn by Keith and Kristen Getty. O church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ, our captain. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cry is love. 
reaching out to those in darkness. Our call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor. And with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure, and Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the battle strategy that you have given us in Ephesians 6, and just for laying out the pieces of armor that you've given us to help us while we still are here below and not quite yet with you in glory. Um, thank you for every piece of the armor. Help us to to stand firm and remain faithful and to be unyielding against um, the evil one. Help us to um, immerse ourselves in your word and to be so familiar with the truth so that we can fight just like your son Jesus did in the desert and um, just fight back with the sword of truth. And we ask, Lord, that you would just help us be faithful to you throughout the rest of this week and beyond. Uh, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, friend, Kristen here again to let you know that that was our final episode in our Lies at Work series, and you can find the other three related episodes along with many others over at workingupward.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. To help me be more consistent in sharing episodes, I'm changing my format a little bit to seasons and series. This means that every season, I'll plan a special series and we'll record them, Lord willing, in advance so you can expect them the same day of every week for a certain number of weeks. If you haven't already, I hope you'll subscribe to my email so I can keep you posted on that through my newsletter. As a bonus, when you sign up, you will be taken to a page that has all the freebies I've created so far for Working Upward Podcast Insiders. Until next time, keep looking upward. Thanks for listening to Working Upward. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode-related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign-up link. Until next time, keep looking up.